What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Ross Oberlin, who completes the trifecta of Strength Faction mentors. Again, if you if you followed me for any length of time, you know I speak very highly of Strength Faction, and a lot of the people that come from that group have some really awesome thought processes and are really good critical thinkers. Ross and I talk about what he would do or how what he would ask himself before he opened his own gym. We talk about how he helps coaches, and as a mentor in Strength Faction, what do coaches reach out? for. We also talk about what he's doing differently and how it's helped him. We crush it with a speed round. This is an awesome episode. Ross does a great job, has some great answers, shares some awesome insight. Look forward to you guys listening to it. Sit back, put your headphones in, crack a beer, pour coffee, whatever you're drinking, and enjoy. My name is Ross Oberlin. I am the owner and head coach at RC Training and Fitness in Oak Park, Illinois, which is in Chicago. Uh, we've been in that setup for a couple years at that gym. It's a semi-private training gym. I'm sure most of the listeners are familiar with that, but essentially it's a kind of blend of personal training and group training where everybody has a customized program, um, but they're going to be sharing a coach for the time that they're training uh, you know, ratios differ for what people do, but that format is, is really clicked with the, with the population, the area that we have. And, and people really like that sort of, it's personal training at group training prices. Uh, and the only catch is you have to share your coach for the hour and, uh, and it's done really well. And we've started to expand our athlete program as well there. Uh, I really got into coaching and training kind of a blend of, uh, I wrestled in high school, had some opportunities to wrestle in college, but I was really into MMA at the time and decided to switch that over. So I had a couple amateur MMA fights in college, uh, did all right quickly. I, I didn't even lose, but I quickly realized like, mm, this is probably not a good career to go into for me. Like I could see where the ceiling is and it was really close competing in amateur MMA in central Illinois. So uh, I love the training aspect of it. So I knew I, I love training. I love the science of it. And at the same time, I was the coordinator for a Special Olympics program, and that's where I developed my coaching skills. Um, working, that was one of the best things for me. My older brother has Down syndrome. That's how I was introduced to it. But if anybody's trying to up their coaching skills, man, go volunteer at your local Special Olympics organization and coach one of the sports because your coaching skills will accelerate really fast because in, when you're in that situation, you realize – it's not on the athlete. If they don't understand what I'm saying, it's on me. And I need to find a better way to explain this concept or, or, or explain to them and help them understand what I want them to do. So the combination of learning a lot about strength and conditioning, because I was kind of self-teaching myself when, when I was in MMA and really getting these opportunities to coach, it, it was this perfect intersection of like passions and talents. And I fell in love and it was like, it just fell into my lap. It was so obvious, like, this is the thing we're going to do. And, uh, and to this day, man, I love it. I wake up every morning fired up to, uh, to do what I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Solid intro, Ross Oberlin, the man. Um, we've, this is overdue. This is definitely overdue, yeah. and I'm super glad we're doing it. I'm pumped. Um, so those that are listening, because you saw Ross Oberlin's pretty face on the uh, thumbnail picture, um, three things podcast, three things written down on a piece of paper. Ross doesn't know what they are. Um, super candid, super raw. And... I just want to talk to Ross about a couple of things. So that's where the three things comes from. Um, so Ross, the first thing 
And I actually wrote about this this morning and I wanted to kind of see what your take would be, so to speak. So you own your own facility. Um, going back, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but that's why we do it. Um, what question would you ask yourself in order to qualify young Ross as a future gym owner? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, 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 it definitely does. I think, and, and I'll say that with the hindsight, right? Cause I didn't necessarily do these things. I didn't. And that's the point. Yeah. yeah. You never do. And you're like, Oh, this is what I, I would do now. <laughs> I think a lot of gym, I think a lot of gym owners are prospective gym owners and, and, and we've chatted about this and a lot of people and, for those listening, Casey and I originally met through Strength Faction, in which I'm a mentor, and there's a lot of people in different facets there. But I think my dad gave me this advice, and I didn't really follow it. He goes, if you're going to do something like this, when I was thinking about starting the gym, he's like, you shouldn't be doing it to like to leave something. You should be doing this because you want to go to this thing. And I think a lot of coaches, depending on the environment they're in, you know, you kind of get frustrated with the scenario or environment. Before I made the move, I was in a commercial gym and I disagreed with the way they were doing certain things and the standards that were there. And I understand that, you know, now I understand they're running a business strictly on numbers. And so what I felt was important doesn't, doesn't register for them because they're operating things a different way. But I was just so fed up with that, that I left (laughs) rather than being like, wow, I have such a good thing set up for me to go to. How can I not leave? I was like, I just want to leave this and figure it out. So I think, if, if I was looking to do this, I would have a better answer to like the thing you're going to go to is better and it's going to be better because X, Y, Z, I was just kind of ready to go and figure it out on the fly, which, which in the last several years, I don't want to say wasted time, but I didn't progress things as quickly as I could because I wasn't really prepared for the move. And I think the other, the big question I would, I would have myself answer at the start of this would be like, what are your systems and can I see them? Like, have you, have you written your systems down on paper? Like the way this thing's going to go. And I think I took an attitude of, well, I'm just going to do it on the fly. I, at moment I had free time and I was like the free time that I have right now, that's when I'll figure all this stuff out. But as soon as you take that jump uh, that I took into that ownership, it was like, Oh, that free time evaporated. It's not there. You're, behind the eight ball, so to speak, and you don't have any of your systems or procedures written down. And you're literally having to do a checklist in your head and hope that you remembered everything. So uh, those are the things I would tell young Ross, three years younger Ross, to <laughs> get his shit together and focus on that. We can swear on this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fuck shit. Yeah, right, good. always. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, okay, good. It's funny. I actually, those are, so the, the, the blog post I wrote this morning, and it'll come out some <coughs> schedule. But I wrote those same exact things, L- like literally. Like the first one was like, "Why are you doing it? Are you just frustrated?" The second one is, um, "Is it a lateral move? Are you just doing it to give yourself a job somewhere else, or are you doing this to actually like eventually be not just a personal trainer and like actually be an owner?" And then the third thing was with systems, like, "Can you teach it? Do you have them written down, or are you just kind of like, oh, I know them, but..." is it, can you actually scale the, how you train people? Yeah. And it's funny. That's like, cause it's literally like what you just said. So it's nice to see that hindsight is always 2020, but our hindsights are probably very similar. Yeah. And, and I think that's, it, it's like, you're, you're trying to stop the pendulum in the middle. Cause you're sitting on one side of like really analytical and practical 
And if I only exist there, I'm probably never going to take action. The pendulum swings to the other side and I'm like real fired up about all the things I can do and, and this huge business, but it's just like a nice idea. Like, you know, that's like the giddy up and go side. And then the pendulum swings back to the practical. I'm like, if you can get it to stop in the middle where you're taking action, but also being very practical and documenting your process and all that stuff, you're good. But I, I don't know. Like sometimes I wonder if that's just the way it had to be. Like I had to be all the way to where like I was kind of dumb about it, but like that dumb me had the balls to make the jump. And so I like, I'm thankful for that. I, at the time when I was getting worked up, I read, and, and I, I think you and I kind of share the opinion on this. I read one of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's books and I didn't know who he was. And at the time I read it and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, let's go do it. And being exposed to him a lot more. And I think his star has risen. I, I'm, I think that was it. Not that I blame him for, for anything. I th don't think he can do that, but like, it was like, yeah, just go out and do the thing and you can do it. And it's like, there should probably be a couple caveats there of like, well, you should probably have this in place and that in place. And, Mm -hmm. and that in place so like that book served its purpose he served his purpose to me in that moment for whatever I needed because I'm happy how things turned out but when I look at him now and, and and telling people like to go for it and you know that this person has no plan no context no sense of like what going for it means reckless might be the word I'd use to describe that yeah uh yeah so that's we'll we'll push off the Gary V uh conversation for a whole separate podcast because yeah, I, I don't want to go down right super mixed super mixed like and now like obviously like hindsight is always 2020 20. i have a little different perspective um where i don't i've like swung you talk about a pendulum like i was all in gary v i've been all out gary v now i'm in the middle on gary v where i think some of his stuff is good some of his stuff you just have to be smart enough to like sift through the like the propaganda so to speak so yeah man, um, absolutely. We'll, we'll move on we'll move off of gary v so for sure um, you mentioned strength action. Strength action, I think, is probably the best continuing education you can purchase for yourself. Strength coach, rehab, professionals, whatever. Um, I'm like my, my junior year. I'm going in year three of this. Um, but I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit as a mentor and just kind of maybe you can, can share a couple things that um, trainers, coaches, who personal physical therapists, whatever, what are they reaching out for in regards to support? What, where do you think that a lot of industry professionals are coming up short or have a lot of questions? Yeah, I think, and I don't think this is the only field, but if you, if you did go to school for this, um, and it doesn't, you don't have to, but I, but if you went to school for this, you probably didn't get a lot of business education because it doesn't really fit in the format of it. And in a lot of scenarios for even a, like a one-on-one -on -one trainer in a commercial gym, you are your own business in many ways, independent contractor. And so what, if I had to kind of collect it all and say, what's the most common thing or theme, I think one of it is getting organized and getting all everything together, kind of feeling like they're playing catch up and, and whether it's more on the personal life or professional life side of things, a general sense of, I'm feeling very disorganized, um, you know, within the first strength action office is like, like I'm struggling to keep my shit together. Like, and, and that's going to be something different for everybody. And a lot of people come in really wanting to add structure to that. And the upfront, I mean, that's the reason it's the first semester or the first module in strength action is all this, like get your stuff together because all these lessons 
aren't going to be impactful if you can't set aside time to learn, if you're not in a place where you can retain that information and all that stuff. So a lot of people come in with that. And then the next thing that I see a lot from folks and I tell them every time I'm like, look, you're not the only one, but it's that imposter syndrome thing. A lot of people, when you say, Hey, what are you, what are you working on? What do you have issues with? What do you struggle with? What would you like to see get better? Confidence is a very often referenced quality that people want to have. And, and I don't know if it's gaining confidence or just gaining peace with the fact that even the best in our industry suffer from imposter syndrome as well. Um, but that, those are the big things up front. And, it, and it's like, those aren't actual even training things. I think they're just barriers to being your best self when training or when coaching. And I think when people get those things dialed in, they can absorb all this other information about the nuance on a single leg, uh, you know, deadlift or something like that, right? Like all that stuff is easy to absorb if you've got your life kind of more dialed in and more organized. So spot on. That was, that was like, literally I joined and I, I probably am like everyone. I joined strength action, had shitty workouts. was like, I need someone to write my program. Got in module one, keep your shit together. And I was like, what the fuck did I just sign up for? Did the stuff that basically yeah. was like, here's the journal, start doing it. And I was like, okay. And within the first, like the first week I did that, like literally the first week I was like, holy shit, I'm actually finding myself almost bored as the word to describe it because I was so hyper productive relative to where I was yeah. that now I was like, I can, I can do anything I want now. And, and like it just steamrolled and I like, yeah, productivity or keeping your shit together, like time management, like all these little, however you want to describe it are definitely things that I see. Um, and it's, it's pretty awesome to see that not only like are people able to reach out to you, but also be able to get actual solutions and actual tangible tactical takeaways. Yeah. That's like, it's not just acknowledging the thing. It's like, here's a, here's a tried and true action plan to help make stuff happen. Right. Cause so many times like, you know, we'll create a plan and whatever, but it's just like, how do I, you know, we'll, we'll create a plan that looks really nice, but what we'll fail to do is, formatted in a way where you can kick off action steps, like taking action with a thing. Like I've written a, a nauseating amount of plans in my life, but of those plans that I've written out in a way where it's like clear action steps and I, and I like can go right into taking action, there's less of them. And that format was one of the instances in my life where, okay, boom, I have a format and I have a clear path for taking action to change how things are going in my life or how this thing is, is going down. And, uh, and, and so it was super impactful. So those are probably the biggest, uh, things. I, I mean, everybody's in for something different, but if, if there's anything I would want everybody to take away from it, it's like just getting everything more organized because their quality of life is going to improve vastly. Yeah. And that actually is a nice little segue into the third thing. Um, and maybe this is because it's January still last Ooh, day of January. It is. Um, you know, what's something that you've been doing differently over the last, how, I don't care how long it's been. Um, but what is something you've been doing differently and how has it helped you? And in what ways has it helped you is it, whether it be work life, somewhere in the middle, just you personally, like what's working for you right now? Yeah, I'll go, I'll give you two. I'm going to go personal first and, uh, and then professional second. So personal, uh, for those who aren't aware, I'm married. I have 
two kids, two daughters and a, and a dog and a, and a lovely family. And when you work in the gym, whatever, in the, in the fitness industry, whatever you do, you get kind of funky hours. And so just at home, I've been trying to, my wife is amazing. She has a full-time job. She also does some of the back end, a lot of the back end stuff for the business. She's just very organized. I've really been making that effort to uh, be as present as possible when home. And it was never like I wasn't, but trying to take it to the next level, like it's simple things like clearing out the dishwasher and, and doing like, like little tasks around the house to be more present, um, to level that up. I'll say what's to me is more important than that is just always being present, like with your family and your kids. And, and I'll give a quick example and then I'll go on to the professional thing. So our kids both go to home daycare and we love them and they're phenomenal. We feel so fortunate to find them. And just based on schedules and where we drive, typically more often than not, my wife will drop them off and pick them up, but I still will drop them off and pick them up a decent amount. And I tell you what, man, every single time I come into daycare or walk in the door at home, my older daughter shouts daddy and sprints full throttle right at me. Not once in my life have I been like, oh, honey, I'm too tired right now. Like I can't just give me like no matter what, without fail, like I don't give a shit how bad I feel. I throw my bags to the side because I usually have like 10 in my arms. I throw everything to the side so my arms are free. And but when my daughter gets me, I pick her up, I throw in the air, I have a big smile, I laugh, I give her a kiss and a hug. And like that is everything. And you got to maintain that stuff because when some, like I'll go to daycare and I'll pick her up and, and without fail, every time I see my daughter, I do that, right? I'm so excited to see her. I give her love and hug and, and I'll, and other parents will be there and I'll see them noticing me doing that with my kid. And then like their kid comes around, right? And they'll like, they'll try to make it happen the moment. The kid's like, no, that's not, <laughs> the kid's like, you've burned me too many times. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Right. So, um, so I'll say, I wanted to say that cause that's important. And like, that's something I've always done, but what I've tried more recently is just leaning in more to being as present as possible and helping with all the things and making my partner happy because like Michelle supported me opening this gym and, and it's, it's such a tough thing. If you're not on the same page and you're not on the same team, it's going to be tough. So that's my personal thing. Professional in the context of the gym, um, so to the system thing, I'm still getting systems dialed in. Uh, a little while back, I did I read Checklist, Checklist Manifesto um, by Atul Gawande, and I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I really like that. It wasn't like an eye-opening thing. It was just like, okay, let's start taking action on documenting all our processes as much as possible. So that's helped. But the, the big thing for me has been finding ways to really drive effort in the gym. And, uh, I'm sure you've heard this saying a lot of people for the, the idea of like a subpar program done with real high effort and adherence is going to yield far better results than a perfect program with subpar effort and adherence, right? Every time. And I, I believe that fully. Now that's not to say I shouldn't put my best effort into programming for somebody because obviously the perfect program with perfect effort and adherence, that's going to give you the best results of anything. But I think for us, it's finding ways to manufacture or, or curate effort amongst our members in the gym because you have to keep reinforcing that. And these people want results. And so we're going to write them a great program. We're going to give them great coaching. But we're like, how can we get these people to put maximum effort in every training session without me sitting behind them clapping my hands? Because that's not what I'm there for. And I'm not, 
they're not paying me to be a cheerleader and I don't want to be a cheerleader. Um, and so I think we've put lots of effort into finding ways to do it. A big thing is just doing like, like measuring stuff and trying to beat your old self. Uh, our sheets look pretty similar to strength faction sheets, right? Like shout out to Chris, like the dude has a great programming module for strength faction, but uh, this is something I took from uh, me personally. I'm sure lots of people do it, but I took from Pat Davidson, um, like set reps. Like, so if somebody's doing a 20 seconds on 40 seconds off circuit of some things, it's not do work for 20 seconds. It's you got to get 10 reps in those 20 seconds. Right. And so it took a lot of work up front to write out our templates of like the sheets that our members do their program off of. So in the, in the boxes, I won't just have blank space and just, Hey, do this exercise for this long. It'll be your, you got to track not only exactly what weight you did, but I want you tracking how many reps you did for every single round of this thing. And you look at it and it seems a little like, Oh man, that's a lot up front, but none of our members have ever complained about it. And they all like having like a clear, like to the number exact score of I did this last time. And so it's an easy conversation when they come in for that next session. I'm like, all right, so you're going to raise the rate weight on any of this, or are you going to try to get a couple more reps? Cause you missed here and here and here. Right. And like, it's a clear thing. They're confident cause they know they've, they, they've done it before. It's written right there in paper. Like, okay, I did this. I could probably do a couple reps more. And that's just one of many ways, but, but whether it's creating fun little competitions that are, you know, friendly and not going to like ruin anybody for losing, um, if, if that's a certain personality, you know, you got to manage all that, but like, man, we've just leaned in hard on, yeah, I want people to have a fun time. Yeah. I want them to feel wel welcome. But like they originally came here because they wanted results and they wanted something to change. And for us really focusing on ways to curate more effort out of people has yielded really good results. And not only right, it's like this self-sustaining culture shift where now like that just pushes everybody towards like the mood in the gym shifts towards more effort. Everybody kind of falls in line and, and goes along with that. So that's what we've been focusing on. It's probably with, with the caveat that like we already had our programming dialed in, like we understand how to coach and programming and stuff. So if you have all that figured out, then for us, the next step was how do we up the effort on all this and the intensity? Love that. Absolutely love that. I like the way you describe that too, curating, like curating it for the clients. Like they just have to really show up, have the conversation and then just get after it. Like, I love yeah. that. You kind of put the onus on you guys to do it in a way that everyone can do it. Yeah. And, and we talk with our coaches too about, it. I'm like, that doesn't mean you have to follow them around. Like, cause I talk about curating culture too. And I explained to them like curating culture is not getting involved in conversation. Curating culture is knowing that these two people who haven't interacted much in the gym have some common thread that they both are into or passionate about curating culture is what literally walking over to me like, Hey, you guys are both into this thing and then walk away. Right. And like, get out of there. Like I tell a coach, I'm like, get out of the conversations. As soon as the conversation's going, even if you feel like you got something to contribute, like you should probably just walk away because if they're rolling, like that's what we want. We want them to train hard and not stand there for 20 minutes, but like get out of their way and let them do that because we shouldn't be, we should be as minimally involved as possible. We're always going to be involved, but I just want to see members doing things like when a session ends and I hear two members talking about social plans with each other for like later that day or the day after, like, cool. So I'll see you at scratch for beers tomorrow night. Awesome. Six o'clock. See you there. Like, boom, we did it. 
I shouldn't be involved in that conversation. Like, Oh, you guys going to get scratch. Can I come with like, get out of there, let them do their thing and, and, and do that too. So whether it's culture or effort or whatever, the, the word curate has, I think most accurately captured what our role is as a, as a coach. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to leave it at that and I'll let people push the little rewind button and, and re-listen to that because it's something that you should definitely be paying attention to in your facility because that matters. That's kind of the point. For sure. Okay. So I've got a lightweight speed round, a lightweight speed round. Okay. It's lightweight. It's not like a heavy, like I've had like 12 bullet points. I've got five solid points right here. All right. Um, we've got to start your Chicago. Na- <laughs> Are you Chicago native? Yeah, I mean, born in Chicago, like, uh, spent part of my childhood in, in, uh, in rural Indiana, but like, yeah, okay. Chicago. Okay, yeah, yeah, Chi-Town, yeah, Chi- yeah, 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 Kanye, okay. Um, what's better, a chocolate shake or a hot dog from Wrigley? We're talking, like, chocolate shake, chocolate, chocolate shake. Chocolate shake, man, you listen to the show, Dub episode, chocolate yeah, shake. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, it's cho- chocolate shake. Chocolate like, shake. That's, that's a quintessential Chicago uh, experience. The Chicago dog is great, but, like, as for, as for, as a Chicago experience, the, the chocolate shake is, is, is up there. And if you want, you can get a dog there as well at the Wiener Circle. So. <laughs> oh man. Shout out to everyone who's just going to like, be like, I, I hope someone You're goes not to from Chicago. Chicago. You don't know. What I, know. I hope about. someone yeah. knows. I hope someone goes to Chicago and is like, man, what the hell is a chocolate shake? And then they do. Yeah. This, yeah. Oh, just if, so if you don't know, don't look it up. Just next time you're in Chicago, <laughs> go find a place called the Wiener Circle. And, uh, uh, walk up to the to the counter with a twenty dollar bill and request a chocolate shake and uh, and that's it. Enjoy and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it really that cold in Chicago this week? You know, man. Okay, so here's so like yesterday was record breaking numbers. This morning was negative twenty three, twenty four, something like that. So one of our gym members uh, grew up in North Carolina and then spent. Uh, uh, her adult years in California and, and moved here just a couple of years ago. So she's not used to the cold at all. The last couple of winters haven't been bad. And she was kind of like freaking out asking me like, is this this bad? Is it this dangerous? And I told her, I was like, here's, here's my take on super cold temperatures. You don't fuck around when they're super cold temperatures. So if I walk out today, I'm going to be fully bundled up and prepared. I'm not going to make the mistake of walking out in like just a hoodie and, and, and like die in 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. What gets me is like the 10 degree day where it's sunny and I think it's fine. And so I walk outside with like a light hoodie on and then realize I've made it like a terrible mistake and I'm not at all prepared. So it is really cold, but I, I don't know, like it's Chicago. Everybody has coats and boots and everything. So uh, the same I don't know, man. It got a lot of hype. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go on record and say like, it wasn't. It's bad, when man. it's negative, whatever out, you're not like pitching a tent and going for a sleepover no. and camp it. So like you just hope that your house doesn't blow up. And if it does, then you just call the person to yeah. fix it. But yeah, you uh, just go in and snuggle like for us. So schools were canceled yesterday and wrestling regionals is this weekend. So the local high school, uh, Oak Park River Forest wrestling, they're nationally ranked. They're a phenomenal team for about the last decade now. You know, they're like, hey, we got to get it in. We can't go to the school. So uh, I know the coach pretty well. So we brought them all over the gym. So I, they go out yesterday um, and we closed the gym because we heard about how bad it was going to be. Now there's no – in 2019, with all the resources we have, like, you'll be okay. Just call it'll somebody. Be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, it's January 31st. Uh, when was the last time you said Happy New Year to someone? 
can you still say happy? I mean, Ross, this is the first time I've seen you in 2019. Yeah. Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, man. I think that might be the only time I've said happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if I said happy. No, I probably said happy New Year on New Year's Eve. Because we had the kids and we did a, t- a countdown and shouted happy New Year. Yeah. So we shouted it. And that was still on New Year's Eve because we did the Netflix thing where we played it at 7 p.m. Uh, Netflix had like a bunch of 10-second countdowns. So we did one of those. Uh, that is the last time up until now just saying Happy New Year to you. So it's you are this rarefied air for you, my friend. I'm going to make a point today to find someone and just tell them Happy New Year. Like <laughs> it's yeah, January it's still. Whoa, he said it. Yeah, it's oh, I can't wait to still say it today. Yeah, I love it. Good. I might uh, try that later today. I've got a question for you. You have a fantastic beard. It looks pretty tame right now. I've seen much bigger yes. beard oil, beard butter. Like what, what do you dabble? What do you, I, I'm a, I'm a beard balm guy beard balm. Uh, personally. Now that is not regular. So I'll only do any of that stuff. If I'm going, if I, if I have to look like a, like a decent human being. So it's not a daily routine, but I, I go to a really phenomenal barber, dapper barbershop, and shave parlor shout out to jonathan lopez takes care of me i have very like wiry curly hair that's unruly so i go to him he takes care of me and gives me all recommendations he one of the times i was there he gave me beard balm and a beard brush he said you take a little and you put it in and you work it with the brush and that's how you take care of it so i had i've been shown the way by a expert and that is what i do on the days that i need to really control it uh, however, hmm. most days I'm a little bit of a wild man. Yeah. Huh. Cause I, I don't know if you've noticed. I know. I can see myself. So I mean, thick, right? Like you, that's blocking wind coming through. I, I honestly feel like I'm like Todd Bumgarner light because it's like, it's a, it's a wildly gingery beard. You know, it's not quite Todd Bumgarner. I'm with you. Yeah. But low key ginger beard. I get what you say with that, but with how pasty he is, I don't know if they, I don't know if light is the right word. Like Todd Bumgarner is Todd Bumgarner light because mm. of how pale he is. Yeah. You see what I did there? Yeah. Todd Bumgarner is a pasty human being. That's yeah. what I'm it's, it's a stark contrast for yeah. sure. But it looks um, good, man. I'm a fan uh, of the dude. It's yeah. You know, um, Ross Oberlin, where can people find more Ross Oberlin? Yeah. So I, I don't have any personal site or anything. Uh, something maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do in the future. I know you're rocking that. So the website for the gym for folks in the Oak Park, Chicago area is rc-fit.com. Uh, and then uh, I have a Facebook page, Ross Oberlin. I have an Instagram, rctf underscore Ross. Uh, and those are usually the places you can find me. You can email me, ross at rc-fit.com. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I'm not real big on the, uh, like, I don't have a huge social media game with stuff. It's usually pictures of my kids or my dog or, or barbecue or anything like that. Um, you got a smoker, dude, I got a really, really good smoker. So, okay. We're going back to the speed round. Yeah. Um, So should I get a smoker? You should get a pellet grill. That's what, that's what it is. So it's a smoker. The, the reason is, is one of, the, one of the difficulties with smoking barbecue is maintaining a consistent temperature. A pellet grill uh, is, without a doubt, the easiest way to maintain a consistent temperature. And when you talk about really, really good food, of any kind of food, there's always some sort of technique that you need to be really, really solid with. And there's lots of different cooking techniques. The easiest one 
and it's not even really a technique is just time. Like I can make a dish really good as long as I'm willing to wait or take the time for it to be made because it requires a lot of time, right? Versus some like really fast technical skill. So barbecue is like put it on and then just wait a long time. And as long as you knew how long you needed. So like for most people doing barbecue, like don't start it the morning you have to serve it. It will always take longer than you need. Start your barbecue the night before. Um, and with a pellet grill, you can easily do that and you don't have to, you can sleep. You don't have to watch it. But time is like the easiest thing to make a dish really good. Like even like a crock pot or Dutch oven thing, right? It's just like, just let it, let it go. And it's going to go. Out. Yeah. So hmm. I recommend a pellet grill. Uh, they actually sell Traeger at Costco. So if you got a Costco close by, oh, I do. That might, that might be, might be the best price you can get. I don't know if they sell grills in the dead of winter there. It might be a month or two, but Whatever. they, they sell them. So I, if you were looking to get into smoking, throw down a little bit of extra cash, get a pellet grill. I love that thing and, and cook on it all the time, even in the dead of winter. So go on now, going back for, go to Ross's Instagram, check out the, the pellet grill, check out the smoke game, yeah, man. Uh, check out the barbecue game. Um, that's awesome. So I'll make sure all that's in the show note. And Ross, you're obviously a mentor in strength action. Yep. Um, so you, that's where you can find some more Ross too. Yes. Um, but I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you so much. Thanks brother. I, I appreciate it. I, I love, I love your podcast. I love the format of it. I think it's, I think it's unique and leads to really fun conversations. So I really enjoy listening to all of them. And, uh, and I got to say, I listen to all my podcasts on one and a half speed and your opening song on one and a half speed is a straight up banger. That's amazing. Uh, I, is that a DJ two scoops original? It's not. No shout okay. out to, I believe it's, um, Oh gosh, I don't know their name. It's like the electronic Lux or something. It was just, okay. I was just searched for something I could use through creative commons and that yeah. banger came up. So it works. It works, man. Well, I'll, I'll say this. It's phenomenal at one and a half speed it's awesome and i and it always gets me worked up that's for the awesome. podcast so that's awesome uh, i love it man keep going with this stuff i really enjoy i i listen to all of them so i'm a big fan and i i know you got more fans than just me out here so keep rolling with this podcast it's awesome to see sweet man thank you so much thanks brother hi everyone it's casey again i just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and i want to ask you a huge favor I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening this, to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.